0: Well, we'll be up front at the outset about our message on Anchor Point today. It's all about the focus of the gospel. And who would that be? Well, Christ, of course. Often we look at ourselves or others, and we look at our own understanding of what God requires. Or we get taken up with peripheral topics and theological issues. But God wants to direct our gaze to what is central to Him, His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who came into the world to save sinners first as the offspring of the woman, that is, he had no earthly father, not inheriting Adam's sinful nature as we all do. He was a sinless son of God. He was also the offspring of Abraham, and, as such, was the one through whom all the world would be blessed. He is the universal Savior. And he was the offspring of David, that is, the everlasting King who will reign over every person who ever lived. All will bow the knee to him and confess that he is Lord. Yes, what a focus he is. In today's message, evangelist Matthew Cain takes a closer look at Christ as the central figure, past, present, and future, in God's unfolding revelation.
1: Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.8 Remember Jesus Christ, of the seed of David, raised from the dead, according to my gospel. That's a short scripture reading. Let's read it together again. 2 Timothy 2, verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ of the seed or the offspring of David, raised from the dead according to my gospel. That's a very straightforward text that I have brought before you this evening, and I want you to think about those opening words. Remember Jesus Christ. He is the focus of the gospel message. We are preaching you good news from God that is concerning the Lord Jesus, God's Son. A lot of times when people get invited to a gospel meeting or they hear about a gospel message, immediately their mind reflects upon religious codes, moral ethics, and they remember their duties, their responsibilities, their good works, their charitable acts. But our text says remember Jesus Christ. Other people who may be familiar with the gospel think that the focus of their mind, if they are going to be saved, they need to remember how to believe and remember to repent. Well, it's true. You're not going to be saved unless you believe God. You do need to repent to acknowledge our guilt and turn to God. But our text says, remember Jesus Christ. So let's just let this text speak for itself. We want your focus to be on the Lord Jesus. Remember Jesus Christ. Secondly, it tells us remember Jesus Christ that he is raised from the dead. Well that's a, an important part of the gospel. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul says the message that he brought to the city of Corinth was Christ crucified, Christ nailed to a cross and that's true. I mean we will place so often in a gospel message our emphasis upon the death of Christ. That's where he died for our sins. Our sins are the problem that prevent us from enjoying life with God. The Lord Jesus died to pay for those sins. He bore our sins in his body on the tree, the cross, first Peter 2 tells us. First Peter 3 says that he suffered once for all for sins, the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God. This is the central event in the gospel is the death of Christ. But the reason we know that the Lord Jesus' death was different from all other deaths, many people died on crosses, but the Lord Jesus was a different type of man, a real man, but a special man. And to prove to us that he was a special man, a unique man, a man without sin, a man who is God in the flesh, to make that crystal clear to us, God raised him from the dead. So 1 Corinthians 15 gives this summary of the gospel. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried and he was raised again the third day, according to the scriptures and seen of many witnesses. That is the essence of the gospel and contained in that little nutshell of the gospel is the reference to his being raised from the dead. We've got it again here. Remember Jesus Christ that he's raised from the dead. We are preaching, presenting a living Savior. That's important. But there's another phrase here that I want you to focus on as well. It says that the Lord Jesus, that Jesus Christ was of the seed. He is an offspring of David. So we use that word seed or offspring. as It's like another word for descendant. I could say that you are the seed or you are the offspring of Of your parents. You are also the offspring of your grandparents. You are also the offspring of your great grandparents. You are also the offspring of your great, 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 great grandparents. You are one of their descendants. And the Lord Jesus is a descendant. He's the offspring. He is the seed of David. There's only one David in the Bible. That is David, king of Israel in the Old Testament, maybe a thousand years before Christ came. There's a couple of other times in Scripture that we read of the Lord Jesus as someone's descendant. So before I speak of Jesus Christ here in 2 Timothy 2, let me just draw your attention to those for a minute. The first one we find is in Genesis chapter 3. Some people call it the first gospel message. And it's when God is speaking condemnation, judgment, curse to Satan in the form of that serpent. And he tells the serpent... That there was always going to be, there will be enmity, hostility between the seed of the devil and the seed, the offspring of the woman. And while Satan would bruise that offspring's heel, that offspring of the woman would bruise, would triumph over Satan. Why is the Lord Jesus called the offspring of the woman? We'll find another one shortly, Galatians chapter 3. He's called the offspring or the seed of Abraham. But notice that this one is different then. Here in 2 Timothy 2, he's the offspring of David. David is a man. In Galatians 3, he's the offspring of Abraham. Abraham is a man. But in Genesis 3, he is the offspring or the seed of the woman. The woman is not a man. She's the woman. What's special about that? Well, in the Bible, there are many genealogies, many family trees. And in all of those family trees, the common trait is this. It will say that so and so is the son of so and so. It'll focus on the father's role. So it, it will say he fathered so and so and that man fathered somebody else and he fathered somebody else or he begat somebody else. The focus in all of those genealogies is on offspring of men, the father. But the Lord Jesus isn't spoken of as the offspring or the seed of Joseph. He's not called the offspring or the seed of a man, but the offspring, the seed of the woman. Well, one thing that tells us is that the Lord Jesus was born of a woman. He had a real human birth because the Lord Jesus is a real man. He was born of a woman, just like every other person that has ever been born in the history of man and womankind. The Lord Jesus was born of a woman. He had a real birth, a real human nature. The Lord Jesus is a real man. That's one thing to notice then from this. When we read that he is the offspring or the seed of the woman, he is a real man. But why does it say that he's the seed of the woman when everybody else in the Bible is an offspring of their father? Well, because the Lord Jesus did not have an earthly father. Now, that may seem like an insignificant point, but there's actually a very crucial part of the gospel that flows from that. The Lord Jesus did not have an earthly father. He did not come from a natural physical union because the Lord Jesus was supernaturally conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary because the Lord Jesus came from heaven. He is a man without sin. He is the son of God. Who has taken on human flesh. So when we think of him now as the offspring of the seed of the woman, I want you to remember that's teaching us that the Lord Jesus is a sinless man. He did not inherit a sinful nature from his parents, like you and I did from our parents who got it from their parents, because the Lord Jesus did not have that fallen nature, that sin corrupted nature, because he didn't come from a natural union. Now, you might hear that and say, well, that's that's impossible. I mean, this is the message of the Bible, that the Lord Jesus was born of a virgin, was prophesied through the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years before Jesus came. But you say, well, that's impossible. Nobody's born of a virgin. Well, that's that's sort of the point. It is naturally impossible. Nobody else has been born of a virgin. This is the Lord Jesus. This is God making sure that his son enters into this world in sinless humanity. He is the perfect man. He shows us what a true man is supposed to be. You don't need to look for the perfect or the true man on the cover of a sports magazine or a hunter's magazine or any other magazine. You can find him right here in the scriptures. It's the Lord Jesus. He is a real man. He's God's ideal man. Remember Jesus Christ. He shows us what a human is supposed to be. In fact, a wonderful part of the gospel. If we embrace the Lord Jesus and and receive that eternal life, God tells us that one day we will be made exactly like the Lord Jesus in our character not in our physical looks, but in our character, just as he is without sin and he's perfect in God's eyes. That's how we as Christians are going to be one day when we're taken to glory to be with the Lord Jesus. We will be like the Lord Jesus, glorified, sinless bodies. This is a great thing that the gospel offers. Redemption from sin today and from these bodies of sin in the future. A glorious redemption, a future with the Lord Jesus and like the Lord Jesus, because he is the perfect, sinless man. Way back there in Genesis 3, there was a prophecy that there would be a, a battle between Satan's seed and the seed of the woman, the Lord Jesus. But the Lord Jesus would be the victor. He would bruise the head of Satan. He fought a battle that we could never fight. He did that on the cross. He is defeated and broken the power of Satan and sin and death and hell. The Lord Jesus is the victor. The Lord Jesus fought the battle that we could never fight. The Lord Jesus is a perfect man. He can be your savior. Genesis chapter 3, the Lord Jesus is the seed or the offspring of the woman. That teaches us that he is a sinless man. Galatians chapter 3, he is the offspring of Abraham, that teaches me that the Lord Jesus is a universal savior, a universal savior. He has come to save the world and he can be your savior. You see, Abraham was a bit of a nobody historically, originally, but God called Abraham and Abraham believed God. God told Abraham that through him, that through his seed, through his descendant, through his offspring. The whole world would be blessed. Through your offspring, Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And then Galatians chapter 3 tells us that that offspring, that special offspring, is Jesus Christ the Lord. Someone might have looked at Abraham and said, well, Abraham, how is all the world, how are all the families of the earth going to be blessed through you? You're, you're an old man when God spoke those words to Abraham. But God told Abraham he would have a son, who would have a son, who would have a son, descendants, 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 all the way down to the Lord Jesus. And scripture tells us, Galatians 3, Genesis chapter 22, that the Lord Jesus was a special, singular seed, descendant of Abraham. And through that special offspring of Abraham, all the world can be blessed of God because that special offspring hung upon the cross for all the sins of all the men and women that have ever lived, and all the boys and girls. The Lord Jesus invites all to be saved through him. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, his one and only son, that whoever Anyone who believes in him, no matter where they are on planet Earth, no matter what their past is, no matter how much their sins are, no matter what family they come from on Earth, whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. All the families of the Earth blessed through this special seed of Abraham, the Lord Jesus. I read just last month an article memorializing a man who had just died in Paris, Jim Haynes was his name. And the headline said, Jim Haynes was a man who invited the world over for dinner. And he did, honestly. Jim Haynes was born, I think, in Louisiana, in the United States. He lived for a time in Venezuela, then in Scotland and England, but he became a university professor in Paris, France. And he had a tradition. He operated an open house policy at his home in Paris every Sunday evening for more than 40 years. Anyone, absolutely anyone was welcome to come to his house for dinner on Sunday evening. All you had to do was either phone or email in advance. Your name would be added to a list. When you arrived, you could put a little bit of money in a donation envelope if you wanted to. You didn't have to, but anybody was welcome to come. And local people from the neighborhood there in Paris came. Immigrants who were new to Paris came. Travelers who were just on their way through or visiting Paris, they came. People from all over the world came. Sunday. After Sunday after Sunday, he invited the world over for dinner. Sometimes he had a hundred and twenty people in his home. They would overflow his living space and go out in the backyard and At his death, people estimated he probably showed that hospitality to about a hundred and fifty thousand different people so he he operated a an open home policy. People from all over the world, every family of the earth, were welcome. It's like the gospel the Lord Jesus is welcoming people from every family of the earth, from all over the world, from your home. He would welcome you to trust him. He died on the cross. He became a curse for us. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, the Bible says. Well, the Lord Jesus was hanged on a tree to bear our curse, to set us free from our sin and its curse. He died in our place. He's the savior of the world, the Bible says. The issue is, is he your savior? You see, that's a choice between you and the Lord. Sometimes people say, well, you know, I, I come from a different religious background, or I have a different tradition, or my family's different than that. Well, uh, you, you need to be in a certain family if you're going to be in God's kingdom. You need to be in Abraham's family. And the way you can be in Abraham's family, you can become a child of Abraham as if you put faith in Abraham's special offspring, the Lord Jesus. When you trust in the Lord Jesus, you become a part of that family of faith, the family of Abraham. But it really depends on not so much right now what you think of Abraham, but what you think of Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ, our text said in 2 Timothy 2. Let's come there now. He is the offspring of the woman. That tells us he is a sinless man. He is the offspring, the seed of Abraham. That tells us he is a universal savior. He is the offspring, the seed of David. That tells us that he is an everlasting king. You see, in the Bible, you had to be a descendant of David to have a legal right to the throne. Well, the Lord Jesus is. Matthew's gospel emphasizes that point. He gives that lengthy genealogy climaxing in Jesus Christ, the descendant of David. That's how the New Testament opens. Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And the Lord Jesus is that special descendant. When the Lord Jesus was about to be conceived and born, the angel came to Mary and said, you will have a son. And you will call his name Jesus. Well, that message came to Joseph. The message to Mary was that he will sit upon the throne of his father, David, and will reign over the house of Jacob, all the people of Israel, to days without end. Of his kingdom there shall be no end. He is an everlasting king. And that's going to be a glorious kingdom. You see, he's been raised from the dead so that he might return one day to set up his kingdom. The man who died for our sins has been resurrected. And God's going to send him back into this world to reign in righteousness and peace. And there won't be disease ravaging the earth. And there won't be famine. And there won't be poverty-stricken people. Not when the Lord Jesus is reigning in righteousness. It will be a kingdom of joy and peace. Are you going to be in that kingdom? Well the Bible tells us what needs to happen for you to be in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus the seed of David. It says unless somebody is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man is born again he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom in which the Lord Jesus is going to reign. You need to be born again. Again that that may sound like funny religious language to you, but it's one of the ways that scripture presents this truth that we need a different kind of life. Because unlike the Lord Jesus, we were born with sin, a fallen nature, born dead in sins. And the way for us to be right with God is through appreciating that what he did for us on the cross, that special seed of Abraham, dying on the cross for the sins of the world. And when I put my faith in him, realizing he died for my sins, I receive a new life. You could say I was born again. And that has given me life with God and that's reserved for me a place in his coming kingdom. And I have no doubt that his kingdom is coming. It's from the word of truth, this reliable word, the savior who lived a perfect sinless life and who died a death in our place to bear our penalty and who was raised from the dead the third day Is coming back. That's part of the good news message of the gospel. He's coming back, but you need to be ready for that day. If you're not ready for that day, if you're not born again, then you will perish. It will be judgment, punishment for your sins. But if you turn and trust the Lord Jesus, you will enjoy that heavenly kingdom. Wouldn't you like to be there? We'd like you to have your place reserved there. God wants you to be there. That's why he has sent his son for you. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, the seed of David as preached in this gospel, this good news message from God.
0: We hope that you've had your focus turned to Christ today, first as Savior and then as Lord of all. Throughout eternity, He will be the center of all our adoration and service. Do you know this amazing Savior? Come to Him today, won't you, and be forever blessed. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website,